Hello, welcome to the Healthy Alternatives podcast. I am Dr. Christine Sauer with DocChristine.com. Today's show is a recording of my radio show of the same name. Enjoy! Good afternoon, this is Dr. Christine Sauer, your host of the show Healthy Alternatives, here on 97.5 CIOE FM with live stream on communityradio.ca every Thursday at 12 noon Atlantic Standard Time. Thanks for tuning in today. In this show, I will talk mostly with guests about all aspects of health, healthcare and wellness, from conventional to alternative and everything in between. My mission for this radio show is to help change people's lives for the better by informing them about different options to get and stay healthy and well so they can choose for themselves which option might work in their case. And if you feel you are stuck in a dark place, I want to tell you, don't give up. There is a light at the end of the tunnel for you too. And today I'm excited to speak with Kathy Bolger. Kathy is a registered holistic nutritionist. Welcome, Kathy. Thank you so much, Dr. Christine. It's absolutely my pleasure. Now, Kathy, people who know you know that you're very passionate about food and eating and gardening and cooking and animals. Now, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get into that? And why did you choose to become a nutritionist? Well, I actually got into it because of my own medical concerns. Um, some of the things that happened in my life, I was in a major accident. I've had a stroke. I've had a heart attack. Oh, my God. I've had uh, spinal compression fractures. So lots of things weren't working super well for me. So I decided to couple medical treatment with nutrition and other forms other modalities of healing. And that's been huge for me. From there, I went on to study nutrition and write a book. So I really, I'm passionate about it because I want to share with everybody else that your optimal being is very different for everyone and everyone can achieve it. That's right. It, it, it takes work and knowledge, but everyone can live a better life for themselves. Absolutely. No question. Now, I know you wrote a book. Tell us a little bit about that. I'm always curious. I wrote a book, it's called Feeding Your Optimal Being. It's about energizing your body, expanding your creativity, and really using your brain. So it's been all a journey that I've taken and it's been a reflection of that and teaching people that because nutrition is only one piece of well-being. The other part is all about um, mindfulness and proper eating eating clean green. I mean, as you and I both have chickens in our own backyards, we're aware of some of the things we can do, the small things that we can do. But it's also very important to pay attention to things like connection. Are people connected to their community? What does that look like for them? Are they exercising their creativity? Because neuroplasticity can be developed through creativity, music, art, things that expand your mind. But I think it's important to As I always say, we have to have all three parts together. The body part, that's, I compare that with a smartphone, with the hardware. If your battery is empty, you can't watch your favorite Netflix movie. And then you need the software, the thoughts, the emotions, the community to get to your favorite 
website without the software and or the iPhone. It won't work. And then for me, there is a third part, the spiritual part, the invisible part, your connection with the universe, spirit, God, whatever you choose to call it. And for a cell phone, for the younger people, it, I compare that with the internet. You can see it, but you know it's there because that's what gets you on your favorite Netflix movie. That's an awesome analogy that I think lots of people relate to because there's not very many people who are going around without a cell phone in hand. That's right. Yeah, that's amazing. Perfect. I love to make some fun too. <laughs> we have to have fun in life. It's important too. Absolutely. Laughter is part of the medicine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no question. So you also have written a book. I sure did. This one here a while ago, Eating for Vibrant Health and Explosive Energy. And it really is a small compendium. I wrote it mostly for my clients and those that are interested in having a quick overview, what would be best to eat, what would be acceptable, and what better to avoid if you want to achieve a healthy life. Because I realized many people can't afford the ideal way of eating or they can't access this because it's locally or in, not in season, it's just not available. So there's an acceptable category that will keep you okay if you already have health conditions. Of course, as much as you can, you should eat in the best category. But hey, if you occasionally veer into the better avoid category, you may still be okay. <laughs> I think that's a really important point that you make because so many people avoid changing their lifestyle because they think it's an unrealistic reach for them. Mm -hmm. And you're giving them great options. So that's, that's so important. Uh, thanks, Kathy. I appreciate that. I think your book is just as important because we have to change all aspects of our health, social mind, body mind, spiritual mind, to really become a real person and achieve optimal health. I agree with you. Mm. So I'd like to ask you a few questions about your book, if that's okay. Absolutely. All right. So I've been through it and I found it exceptionally valuable. No question. Thank you. Yeah. As I leaf through it, you say a few things that really catch my attention. Uh-huh. One of the things you say in your book is it's highly likely you have never experienced optimal health. Can you talk a little about that, please? Yeah, and that is so true. So many people accept their status quo as that's what it's going to be. We talk about senior moments. If you have a mental health issue, learn to live with it. Chronic pain, learn to live with it. You have a disease, it gets a label, learn to live with it. You're so used to getting up tired, worn out, dragged out, burnt out, stressed, that this has become the new normal. Now, just because something is common, it is not really normal or good. We can live a vibrant life. We can get up every morning or nearly every morning. I mean, you have to be realistic with, with, with enjoyment, with excitement for the new day, with gratitude for being alive and being able to eat, to breathe relatively clean air, to have enough water to drink, relatively clean water. And for, for every little things, even the sun outside today is beautiful. I love that perspective. And I think 
You're exactly right. Lots of people have accepted the status quo instead of yeah. reaching beyond. And I'm so glad you're pointing people towards reaching beyond. I definitely try to do that. And what I'm always saying too is just because your labs come back normal doesn't mean you have optimal health. You don't have a diagnosable illness, so you probably don't need medication. But you definitely want to achieve your optimal health and there's optimal ranges of lab tests and that's not what the labs give you. And when the doctor... That's, yeah. And that's something a lot of people just don't know. Mm, the doctor tells you, oh, you're okay. All the labs came back normal. For one, did they do the tests you needed? Usually they don't because there's financial constraints for the health system, obviously. And sometimes doctors just re don't realize which tests are really predictive for good health. And I actually did uh, this Thursday on my podcast, Dr. Russell Jaff will talk. He's a researcher from California about the eight tests you need to save your life. Now, that is a fascinating insight. No, absolutely. I agree. And I, I think it's huge that you bring that to people's attention. And I think, I don't know if everybody's aware that you can offer a service that allows people to be able to discuss with you what lab tests they might need and really how to work well with their physician or healthcare provider to get the best answers they can for what they're looking for. And I absolutely do that. And I know you talk to individual clients yourself and help them change their life and nutrition. And I see a wonderful way to always work together because health is a team effort. It's not just leaving it to your doctor. Your doctor doesn't have the responsibility to keep you healthy. It's yourself. And you may need help to assemble your healthcare team. You may need help to direct your healthcare team. You may need help to change your life and know and learn about what's the best way to do that and for your nutrition. And that's where we come in as coaches or guides to a better health. And that is very important because people need not just one doctor. They need different healthcare providers in their team. And depending on your problems or your health issues or your dispositions, you may need a massage therapist, a chiropractor, a naturopath, a conventional doctor, a specialist. They are all have valuable things to say and do. So do we as health coaches, obviously, especially with an interest in brain and mental health and you, of course, with your history of having a stroke and sitting in front of me alive and well, wow, you know what you're doing. <laughs> well, I had to learn the hard way, so I'm really grateful that there's people like you out there, and that's part of what has driven me to, to study the things I have as being in those positions. Yeah, we both came through hard times, and often hard times teach us the most valuable lessons in life. Isn't that true? Oh, I couldn't agree with you more. I talked to a life coach a while ago, and she told me, we all have the right to be happy all the time. And I thought by myself, that's crap. 
You don't have the right to be happy all the time. You can't be happy all the time. And if you pretend to be happy all the time, we lose out on very valuable moments in life. I totally agree with you. We often learn best from any kind of adversity. So, but the trick is finding out what it is you have to learn and realizing why that situation is happening to you. And sometimes that's frustrating and it doesn't always happen in that moment, but no. it happens. Eventually, uh, and, and those who believe in the, the Bible and in Christian tradition, there's a said, we, uh, God teaches us lessons. And there's a good thing coming out of everything. Yes, in the moment, it might be hard. And we might feel depressed down in the dumps or sad or ready to give up, frustrated. But as I share in my video, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And I want to share that good news. And I'm glad you're doing the same thing. Because there is hope to a better future when you work through your issue and you can be as authentic as you can be, so you can actually learn from your emotions. And this brings us to the end of the first half of today's broadcast here on 97.5 CIOE FM Community Radio. Please tune in after the commercial break for more. Hello and welcome back to Healthy Alternatives here on 97.5 CIOE FM or on the web at communityradio.ca. And today I'm talking with Kathy Bolger about nutrition and how to eat the right way. Welcome back. And I think that you brought up an important point earlier as well that it is all about teamwork and that's why you and I like to do things together because there is so much out there that needs to happen. We want to be a part of that solution for so many people. Right. And so many businesses in the widest sense, I really don't consider what I do a business. Yes, I, of course, I need money to pay my bills and live in a house with the chickens and be able to have the system so I can serve more people. But I'm not intending to become rich, millionaire. I don't want to be like Bill Gates. Sorry. I just want to reach out to more people. And it's so rewarding to see them change and be part of that team and help somebody else take responsibility for their own health and do the work and see the change and get out to be transformed. That is so rewarding. I couldn't agree with you more. I really think helping other people take responsibility is the key, allowing them to see they've got the power to change their life, that they don't have to hand it over to anyone else. Just work with people to support them on their journey. That's key. Yeah. I always say a doctor, your family doctor, he is not a person to tell you what to do. Many people come to me and say, oh, my doctor told me to lose weight. Now, 
they won't, they will fail if they just try to lose weight to please their doctor. Sorry. You have mm -hmm. to learn to love and please yourself. Absolutely. Your doctor is a valuable guide and advisor and a consultant, but no, he's not God. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. And so I want to get a little yeah. bit more into your book. Sure. So there's a few things in here that really capture my interest as a nutritionist. Um, you talk about food allergies and the different types of food allergies. Mm -hmm. And I think that that oftentimes is very confusing for people. So I'm hoping you can give us a little clarity on food allergies versus sensitivities and what that looks like. I'd be happy to. One, generally, allergies, when you ask your doctor, what's an allergy? You say, oh, your immune system is overreacting. But we always have to ask us, why? Because the immune system wasn't made to overreact. We need our immune system to defend us from intruders like bacteria and other stuff that we don't want in us and hurting us. So we do need immune system. It's not good to just generally suppress it because it suppresses the good one too with the bad one. And if you have an allergy, it means that there is a regulation problem. Something in your body is out of whack. And it's a problem to find and solve from the root and not just by squashing the symptoms with pills. Not that just to start. <laughs> So there's two major types of allergies you discuss. Immediate, which I think is the one most people are familiar with. Yes. And the delayed type that I don't think a lot of people have a clear understanding of. There's actually in the medical uh, science, we distinguish between four types of allergies. And as a trained allergist from Germany, I dealt with all of them. But the most common ones are the type 1, as you say, the immediate type, they are the most common. The classic case is a peanut allergy. You sniff a peanut, you eat a peanut, your lips swell, your tongue swell, and in extreme cases, you can breathe and uh, can get, uh, within 30 minutes, you can fall over, your heart will fail, and you might die. That's why those people have to carry an EpiPen. And it's very fascinating to me that in the last 50 years, food Allergies, the first type, have increased immensely, even in children. So we'll get into that later. But there's more allergies, and the most common distinguishing is a food sensitivity. Now, what is a food sensitivity? It is a delayed reaction. Our immune system looks at an issue like a food protein or an amino acid as a composite, some protein breakdown or a bacterial product breakdown, looks at it and says, mm, I really don't know that. I better react to it, but it can take two to three days to make a reaction. And the reaction is not obvious often because you may eat that food every day. And all you feel is some fatigue, brain fog, some chronic inflammation. And if the doctor doesn't do a certain blood test called an HSCRP, a high sensitive 
C-reactive protein, which is a common inflammation marker. It's actually not a very expensive blood test, but often not done. And if that test comes back more than one, you have inflammation in your body, even though it's still in the normal range. That's very interesting. And I think a lot of people don't understand intolerance versus sensitivity. I think another thing that's in your book is cross-reactive and oral allergy syndrome. Yeah, that is interesting. And there's actually more types. There's mixed types from one and three and four, because some people know that when they have hay fever, they not just have the sneezing and runny nose for half hour, but it lasts for a day. So that's a mixed reaction. And then there's a delayed type reaction, which often gets uh, known with a patch test in a skin test. So when people have a nickel allergy to their nickel buttons on the jeans or their jewelry, that is a delayed type immune reaction. Same thing as when we eat it. Just when we eat it, it causes not just local inflammation and redness and scaling, but all over in your body. And that's when you get your brain fog and the inflammation. And that chronic inflammation that is so common nowadays is more and more discovered to be one of the roots of many diseases, including heart disease, strokes, Autoimmune diseases, obviously, they are very inflammatory, but other diseases also, even your risk for diabetes goes up, your risk for dementia goes up, and there's root causes why the inflammation comes up and why the food allergies get more. And the food sensitivities are still not generally recognized, but they are definitely there. I've seen great turnarounds when offending foods got removed. And I think that that's just the tip of the iceberg on so many levels, but it really does give people a brief understanding. And it's also important not to confuse allergies or sensitivities with real intolerances, chemical intolerances. For example, if somebody is uh, intolerant to amines, which is a chemical substance, a natural substance, but we are all full of chemistry naturally. Uh, this is a substance when people are sensitive to it, they break out in hives, for example, and they are amines, not just histamine, but there are other amines too. They are in certain foods like red wine and uh, aged cheese or even fermented products that are usually very good for us, but some people just can't handle those. And yes, you talked about the oral allergy syndrome. When the cross-reaction where people, for example, that have a latex allergies to gloves and or generally a latex allergies can eat bananas because those cross-react. Avocados cross-react. There's many or people that have hay fever allergic to uh, hazelnut pollen can't eat the nuts. And, and other things like it. There's lots and lots of those around. So I think that's really important for people to understand that it's very complex and a simple scratch test isn't always the answer. That just taste, taste, t a scratch test or a prick test or one of those needle tests only tests for immediate type allergies. And 
there's actually a syndrome when you have eczema on your skin really bad and the skin is cracked and open and you get food on it, you can develop a true food allergy or even a delayed reaction to sensitivity from that. And I bet lots of people are totally unaware of things like that. They think it's only what you ingest. Mm -hmm. Now there's so much other things in there. And sometimes you only have symptoms when you eat a food and exercise. <laughs> it's really fascinating. And as a good allergist, you have to be a detective. And you can't find out a root cause for an allergy in 10 minutes. It takes a while. It can take two, three, four, five hours. And over many weeks of experimentation, testing and retesting and exposure to see what's really causing your issues. And that's something you can certainly help people with? Absolutely, yeah. I love, love, love being a detective. I love complex issues. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things to do. I think that's definitely one of your strengths is that you like the complex issues and you are a detective at heart for medical things. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So I guess after discussing allergies, people want to know, so what can they eat? How do they know what's safe to eat? Yeah, that is a, a thing that is individually different. Generally, nothing is safe for everyone except for water, simple chemicals like sugar. There is no sugar allergy. Now, white sugar is not good for you, but you can't be allergic to sugar. So if somebody tells you you're allergic to sugar, he's either oversimplifying or she, or doesn't know what they talk about. Yes, sugar can cause yeast overgrowth in your gut, and there's an intense relationship between your gut health, your brain health, your overall health that is more and more developed and more and more explored. And it's fascinating, one of my fascinating topics. And I could talk for hours just about that. And maybe we will at some time. And it is so important that we distinguish the different types of allergies and be clear with our language that we don't say you have a water allergy yes too much water is not good for you you can drown yourself in too much drinking you can there's an oxygen uh, allergy no but too much oxygen will kill you if you breathe in 100 percent oxygen you die and we need oxygen to live. So it's everything is relative. That's why my favorite word always is, it depends. And this brings us to the end of today's show. Please don't hesitate to contact me with any questions, thoughts, comments, or suggestions. Or if you'd like to contact me, my email here is christine at communityradio.ca or you can contact me through my website, DocChristine.com, D-O-C-C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E.com. I'm always grateful for any feedback. Thank you all for listening to Healthy Alternatives. I'm your host, Dr. Christine Sauer. Tune in next Thursday at noon on 97.5 CIOE FM Community Radio with live stream on communityradio.ca for the next episode. Goodbye and have a great day.